0: Hey everybody, this is AJ, and this is The Unnecessary Podcast. Of course, we're listening to Lisa Loeb's Stay, and uh, I'm here with my old friend, John, who picked this song. Hey, John, what's up? Yo. Yep. John, what made you pick Lisa Loeb?
1: It's my favorite song. Like
0: ever? Yeah. Like clearly. I mean, I asked you to pick a song, and this was off the bat what you picked. You also prefaced it by saying, preferably a female singer. Yes, that's right. Why? Because female artists are vastly underrepresented
1: in the podcast world, or oh, well, clearly in the, in the, the world. <laughs> world. But like, are you specifically also saying
0: in the podcast world? Um, probably. I mean, podcast podcasts are in general are just dominated by men because you know the patriarchy. It's yeah. vast. It is vast. I say two white men as as say two <laughs> cisgendered male white men. Correct. But, um, the billboard charts, as you know, are like dominated by men mm-hmm. across like every genre, even country music, which you'd think would have a lot of women. Would you, um, I
1: every would've. time I
0: bring this up to people, they, the gender discrepancy in music, they bring up like, what about country music? And top earners are eight out of 10 like men. Of course probably. they
1: are. I, I, I don't <laughs> even see how that's so
0: surprised anybody. <laughs> um, because people are not aware of their surroundings, you know? And also there, you have to be taught things to know things. And a lot of people sure, aren't taught things about society.
1: Th- th- there's also a, a, a relative deprivation that goes on in your brain where if you're used to a status quo, any deviation from the status quo makes you feel loss. So for example, if when the, when we we society started putting women in textbooks because women are half the world and they've done a lot of stuff, When they started being recognized as the scientists, the leaders that they are, people complain like, oh, this is affirmative action. Oh, this is pandering. Oh, we're just adding them because. And like, it's still an 80-20 split. But when it was 100 to zero, you feel the loss as if men are being taken out of a textbook at Hmm. the expense of women. So because the norm has been set 90-10 men, Anything from that feels like a loss to some men. So it's relative. Your deprivation is relative to a status quo. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like there's like, I'm so out of date. Faith Hill is that a, is that a country artist?
0: Yes, Faith Hill is a Tim Still, McGraw's wife, I believe. I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the more famous w- uh, too. Miranda Lambert. Sure. Oh, look at that. this all these women in country
1: music. Actually, cuz that's it was just 100% dudes mm-hmm. back in the day. So, so one one I out of see 10 like seems like a lot. It feels you feel the difference, but it doesn't mean it's equitable. It doesn't mean it's close to representing what actually exists. It's just a a deviation from the standard norm.
0: Socially, I really feel the men, like to- the toxic masculinity feeling like they're losing something.
1: Yeah, it's relative, de- it's relative deprivation. And so there's a, there's a sense of empathy. Not that I want to empathize. Well, no, I do. I want to empathize with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you advance conversations by saying factually, man, you're wrong. All the things I just said, it's sort of I can understand why you would feel loss. I can Mm -hmm. understand why you would feel a a change, a shift in the paradigm Mm. and shifts in the paradigm are felt Um, behind my back. I'm saying, go fucking get over yourself. But (laughs) I mean, just in the moment of getting from point a to understanding the path of empathy, I think really involves understanding that that man who grew up in a patriarchy, who has a sense of what the world should be, is experiencing a loss and not to coddle that person but just to understand that moment and then work from that to under, to sort of I mean I, I don't like explaining too much but I'm clearly explaining on this cast <laughs> it's um, all right, understand, it's too many understanding yeah understanding relative deprivation and how that plays into your psyche mm-hmm. I think is a more fruitful thing than just beating people over the head with facts yeah yeah totally true And that's also said from a place of privilege as a cisgendered white male who feels none of the burdens of the patriarchy upon me that women intersectionally experience throughout history. But I don't know. I just feel like recognize it and then use that as a device to get them over it. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see so many examples of of success uh, in changing somebody's mind coming through not beating them over the head with facts, but with like empathizing and understanding why they're feeling that way. And like understanding basic psychology is a door into helping people.
1: This is so fucked up. But as two white men discuss this, I want to then quote horrible white male, Louis CK. Sure. (laughs) Who had a comedy skit about how he was on an airplane and the announcer comes on like, Hey, we have this brand new thing that's never existed. Mm uh it's wi-fi on the airplane it's like the first flight ever to have it Mm -hmm. and they try it and like 20 minutes in 10 minutes in they're like sorry like it's it's not working we're we're shutting it down and the guy next to louis ck is like fucking bullshit and (laughs) louis ck is like how do you feel so entitled to something you didn't even know existed 15 minutes ago (laughs) that you had for 10 so i do think like entitlement's a problem mm. and how men feel entitled to their position is completely problematic and needs to be absolutely destroyed root and stem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can also understand where it comes from at the same time and use that in my arguments to sort of attack it from a different angle. Cause at the end of the day, I want to tear this fucker down. I want to, um, the time for allies is over. Like you can't just mm. be an ally supporting from the sideline. You need to be actively fighting patriarchy every single damn day in active and real ways. And so I'm like having on. Lisa Loeb
0: as the intro song. Yes. <laughs> God, <laughs> Welcome that, to the resistance. Is that, is that my champion <laughs> moment?
1: Uh, no, but sort of like in other active ways, like mm-hmm. don't just wave the banner and like a Facebook post or whatever. But if you're at yeah. work and you notice women are being, not that it's your job to protect all women, but if women are being shut down cause they are, they're interrupted more often, corrected more often, Question more often, thought of as not professional. I mean, the list is just ridiculous. So, in the workplace, as you recognize those things, one, don't be that person. Two, I, story at my work, I joined a team of all women, the government for glass ceilings definitely. So, I'm a government employee, uh, statistician at the Census Bureau currently. And I joined a team, my boss, my boss's boss, my boss's boss's boss, my boss's 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 (laughs) boss. Like four levels up, women, 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 women. My team was all women. The government has this way of hiring and also promoting that's automatic. So Republicans will be like, it's not merit-based. And sure, I I can see some arguments where we do need to bring some merit back into this equation a little bit. But Mm. at the lower levels where your first three or four raises are guaranteed, it, it it removes the implicit bias. It removes somebody, old boys club, someone I'm used to. So minorities and women have done well in the mid to upper mid ranks of government of breaking some certain boundaries that maybe in private business still exist a little bit more. So all my I mean, I don't know if you can go into any corporation and have five levels of management be women. And as a man, joining that team at the lowest point. It's what women have experienced forever. I'm experiencing it. This is dope. I don't care. Are you competent? Are you not? Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed that my female bosses would assign my female coworkers the the task of taking notes at meetings. Someone has to do it. Mm -hmm. Never me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm brand new. I should be all the bitch work. Should Mm -hmm. be on this bitch. Mm -hmm. Instead, it was put on all the women as a way of, I don't, I'm as capable. They have more experience. It is a good job for a new person. So I'm trying to figure out, like, why? So instead of just, one, not noticing it, and not, two, recognizing it as a male privilege that I was receiving, I then, not directly to the boss, because I don't want to overstep, I went to the other women that I work with and said, listen, I don't know why this is happening. Mm-hmm. I have an idea. My dick. I didn't say that to them. Um, <laughs> right. But, like, even with my, women can do this. So mm-hmm. it was a woman doing this to other women, but I went to my coworker and said, listen, what do you want me to do? Should I speak up? Do you want me to fill in for you? Do you want me to take over for you? And they both, at the time I was speaking to them, they're like, no, we, we appreciate you recognizing it. This is, yeah, we noticed it was a little fucked up that this is how it was done. Uh, don't say anything. This is just boss being boss. Let's just move on. But thank you for saying it and let's figure out maybe something in the future where, but that was it. Just recognizing the moment recognizing it as a male privilege I was receiving. So not like just saying, oh, this is just how the world is. Mm -hmm. Like it was something given to me undeserved. And then rather than stepping over their heads and going to the boss on their behalf as like the male white savior, going to them directly and saying, how, what's your solution? Mm -hmm. What's your truth? What do you see? Um, Also, do you even see this as a problem? Like maybe sometimes you can see ghosts. Maybe they're like, no, actually I, I always take notes of this project. It's nothing to do with, in woman, this is just, you're new. So you don't even know that. Right. So also not trying to just be like the savior of the moment, but just empathetically understanding that like, I think something's going on here. I want to recognize that, acknowledge it. And what's your solution? woman, experiencing the sexism, not me as the man saying, this is what you're experiencing and this is the solution, mm. but sort of putting the power in their court. But like from a point where I recognize it. Mm -hmm. so as good as the government is in terms of some things in terms of, I do see women in minorities, minoritized populations advancing, I think better than in other sectors because of the way we do our promotions, still humans being humans and humans are fucked up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Biased implicitly.
0: Mm -hmm. And on that note, I think it's important to remember like it's okay to be wrong. And I think that's where a lot of toxic masculinity gets it wrong. Like Mm. you don't understand if you're in the wrong and you reform yourself you'll be a champion and people will love you possibly more than me. Who's been a champion for longer. And, hmm. um, like I mess up Tash Sultana's pronoun all the time. It's this artist from Australia or New Zealand. Who's queer. Well, you also fucked up where they're from. Yes. So get that right No, no. <laughs> yeah. But Australia, New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Okay, What's yeah. more important is the gender pronoun, <laughs> right? Which she, uh, they prefers the pronoun they, And yeah. when I mess it up, I'm like, whoops. And it's not, The end of the world because I I have it in my heart that I want to reform and eventually will.
1: And I think that that is recognized, again, as two white men explain the experience of others. Um, When I was a professor, I was a professor at a university where uh, it was the leftist-leaning school in Washington State, a left-leaning state. But in the college system, there's like the party school. There's like the the prestigious school. There's all these different schools. And for whatever reason, the university I worked at, uh, Western Washington University, um, over over time historically has drawn activists, um, people left-leaning, even beyond left-leaning. And in a cyclical way, it has that culture. It draws the culture. It makes people comfortable. So like mm-hmm. yeah, in a class of 30 students, I had five transgender students. Like mm-hmm. Mathematically, that's bonkers. Like, mm-hmm. like just mathematically. But when you think about culture, like where would that person feel comfortable? Where do they want to be? So I was confronted um, like snap your finger moment I hope that snap works on. It works. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too loud. Um, but I had, <laughs> Great job. Hey! So, so I had this moment of, conf- like, I've known about the pronouns, I've experienced it here and there, but it was, like, full frontal. The entire university taught their students, even if you're cisgendered white, even if you're clearly um, phenotypically or in expression clearly signifying a gender, it's always good to be like, hey, my pronouns are he, him. Like, you know, like, even me, I should mm-hmm. do that. So Mm -hmm. it was sort of instituting this. I think how long ago was that? This was three, four years ago. Pretty good. So, so yeah, like the university has a good job. I realized it's not just for them. It's for me too, to do that. Hashtag me too. No, no different me too. Uh, Me also um, taking on that work and respecting those boundaries. And I said to them, I said, like, I remember distinctly in the nineties where saying gay meant bad. Totally. Like my computer would shut off. I lost like a paper I was writing. Oh, that's gay. You
0: should see our friends group chat. There are still two people <laughs> who still use that. <laughs> I believe. And you. every time I, I go, who, I can guess. There's who. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. And
1: it, but it's. It took me, even as a semi woke, developing wokeness, just trying to understand the world. I have gay friends. Like mm-hmm. that whole moment. It still took me like two years to eradicate that from my vernacular, mm-hmm. actively, because it's just like it's almost like a guttural. It didn't mean what I thought it meant. Of and it, do- it totally does. So right. eradicating, it took some time. So I shared that story and I said, listen, I have a moment now where my vernacular just like is to say, Hey guys, Hey guys, let's all sit down. Hey guys, let's like get together. Let's mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do better. And I've been trying to do better. I'm going to try to do better, but I'm going to mess up. Mm-hmm. And then like half the class starts snapping their fingers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> so what, like what did I do? Yeah. Like, I haven't even, exp- and they're like, oh no, it's good. I'm like, are you sure? Cause <laughs> like, so I don't even know what's happening right now. They like laugh. So there was like a moment there and I said, my def- I haven't figured out the word that's comfortable for me for the like, hey, you all. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sound, sub- I'm saying, hey, y'all a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, I don't have another yeah. generic term that flowed from my brain. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to sound like a kid from Jersey living in Northwest saying y'all because I don't want to say guys, but it's going to slip. They're like, mm-hmm. they were like, as saying that was all they needed. Mm. I then said guys a lot throughout the semester. It's just, it's hard right. to change. you still got the snaps. You're normal. No, they would be like, Hey, you said guys. Well, again. no, you are like, snap worthy. Snap worthy. You are still snap worthy. Yeah. So it was more about <laughs> the recognizing and trying and under, and I think they understood like empathize with me if you grew up how i did where i did around who i did with the movies i did yeah it's gonna take a little time now again society's way too slow for the people being oppressed by this i am also in a position to not feel the brunt or the negativity Mm -hmm. of anything so i'm in the most powerful position ever to not feel the brunt so i can say oh it's just gonna take time and that's okay like you know like if i was experiencing it it might be different but at the same time i i just think the 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 recognition mm-hmm. went a long way mm-hmm. and yeah, it took, got better with it. I got better with the days and the thems and the theirs and mm-hmm. whose, whose pronouns were what. And I had slip ups. Uh, we all do. It's a change. It's a change that should have happened like damn near 50 years ago. Um, or 500. I mean, as if mm-hmm. other cultures have recognized this a long time ago, I mean, indigenous cultures have had the two spirit where, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's like a third recognized gender in their vernacular, so it's not this seismic shift from one two to one two three. It's always been one two three, so their shift from one two three to like other more complex things, it's way easier. Mm. So, ancient cultures have had this; they were more advanced than we were mm-hmm. on this front, and so recognizing
0: that, it just it's just going to take time. I want to talk about my toxic masculine work environment, but first, <laughs> I also want to talk about. Um, the reverence of our founding fathers and the reverence of people in the past, men in the past, mm. who did great things in one area of life, but not in all areas of life. Yet we revere them as if they were great in all areas of life. Like somebody like Thomas Jefferson or George Washington who owned people. Um, sure. Like I think it's fine to be like, these were great statesmen and these were great people at forming governments and great generals, but like they should not be revered as as respectable people like they should be revered as monsters who formed a government to keep taxes for themselves mm-hmm. and all their other ideas were were enlightenment ideas that they thought would be cool to like try out as an experiment but they didn't actually implement all of them they just wrote about how all men are created equal um mm. and a person like thomas Paine, who in the in the art uh in the uh, the convention the I've, the Constitutional Const- Convention. Right. Or the Continental Congress, like Conti- all those. Yeah, all the, yeah, all he was the, moments, the one who is yeah. anti-slavery and he was the one who promoted women's suffrage like in 1770s. Yeah. And so to say like, well, Thomas Jefferson was just operating under the morals of the time is false. There were moral people at the time. Yes. There were tons of societies that accepted women as equals or or greater than and like, that is not how Thomas Jefferson or George Washington saw it, and we should fucking point that out, and they were just powerful people trying to keep power for themselves and go socialism. I think I think
1: people do that. I, I mean I think we're coming to that moment. It's it's like unapologetically okay to call these shitbags shitbags. Good. Like like it just it yeah. just it's just a fact. And to say that they ever wanted equality is false. Like they were agents of power trying to centralize power amongst the group of which they were in to maintain power. Like Except, as if any, have you seen
0: Hamilton? No, I haven't either. But that <laughs> no, glorifies Alexander about. Hamilton. Sure, and does it? I, mean, st- I don't know. Does it? Well, or does it? Is it honest? I, let's not talk about things
1: we haven't seen because I. don't <laughs> well, I've listened to see... all the
0: songs, so no, okay. well. I'm pretty much, you're pretty much it. there. Pretty I, much, Rogers. Can I? That. Can I just say yes. I don't care about rap, opera. Rap I love rap. I love opera. I don't care about rap opera. That's why I listen to the songs. I don't like yeah. it because I love rap and hip hop. And no so for me, in. it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. Same. Um, which is why I'll never watch the show, but also they do love so, Hamilton. So I think there's, like, it's not.
1: there's two things I want to say about its tangents. Cause the, the whole historical context of that, you nailed it. It's true. It's what it is. Whether society can ever get to the point where we uh, not celebrate these people, but like, let's look at current moments. Like what do we do with Louis CK? Fantastic comedian, right? Like going back in time, I loved all of his specials. Shitbag human, can you separate the person from the art? What do I do with my uncontrollable love for R. Kelly's music?
0: His jams <laughs> are popping. You don't listen. like, like can is you, step can
1: in you? the is step in the name of love worth the pain of women? It isn't right. a, a banger of a song. Mm-hmm. Slaps, awesome. Mm-hmm. Can't can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't. I I don't know when when and where. Is it too soon to mention Kobe Bryant the rapist? No. It's
0: so I
1: mean, can we celebrate this amazing like, okay, it is too soon because there's a family grieving, there's kids involved, there's daughters, there's a wife. Like, yeah. But at the same time, the celebration is about all these good things as it should be. And then I've seen people the day he died be like, Yo, he's a rapist. Like, how about that rape allegation? And it's like, yo, even I say it's too soon. So like I don't I, think, I think it's I I, I don't, I don't think
0: it's too soon, but I think as I'm getting older, it's weird. I thought the world be- would become more black and white and it's become more complex and more gray area. And like, I'm realizing people are so incredibly complex and you can be like a great dad and mm-hmm. a rapist and like yeah. you can be two things and sure. like you can be a wonderful person to most people and an awful person to a couple people and those, both those things can be true. Yes. And so I so think what do they you do with them when they're in the public I think they should eye. both be mentioned. I think. I think Do it, you still listen? Do you still watch
1: the Cosby show? Do you still do no, you still I don't do listen any, to R. Kelly? Do no, you still celebrate nope, Lucy no. C.K.?
0: Actually, when i I've heard somebody start playing remix to ignition, I was like, you can't play that. You have to turn that off.
1: What well, I, I agree. So I think society has <laughs> blackballed Cosby. I owned every single Cosby um comedy vinyl. All um, of them. I owned all eight seasons of <laughs> the Cosby show. That show formulated my, even though I I grew up in a diverse neighborhood, seeing black people on TV Mm -hmm. living, quote unquote, a normal life, not Mm -hmm. a stereotypical urbanized, which is a trope of a trope of a trope. Mm -hmm. um, Formative in my development Mm -hmm. as someone who eventually came around to trying to even attempting to understand other cultures and and accept them. Um, Formative in my life, blackballed me. R. Kelly, done. Like, I can't, I just can't, he is not worth, mm. why do I still hear Michael Jackson on the radio?
0: Honestly, to me, it comes down to who gets the money. Like if, like, and I, know I'm would... ju- I, mean, I know
1: I just mentioned like three black men and a white man. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, a bl- I'm just saying like right. the, the prominent examples lately, go figure, are white societies having grappling with black men mm-hmm. when we let a lot of white men slide. But mm. uh, that aside, I still, Michael Jackson's universal. Like no radio people station has pulled them.
0: No people still dance to him. It's still fine. You throw him on. He's been dead. I guess he's been dead long enough. And that shit happen. Is that is that what
1: it is that he's dead and R. Kelly's alive?
0: I think for me personally, like I think it's much worse if you go to a Louis C. K. live show. Like you give him mm. new money, versus mm. p- pirating or listening to something you already bought. Um, I'm like super into your finance. Like your dollars are your votes until Citizens United gets overturned. Um, and like Fair, so your dollar okay. is speech. And the more dollars you give to somebody is more power you give to them and more success. And so I I believe in I, I boycotted Amazon for two years. And um, now you don't? No, I still do. Okay. Okay. It's so been going, going two on two years and going. Because I think that if everyone in the country boycotted Amazon, they would change their practices really quickly. And also sure. I, they shouldn't be in existence. They shouldn't be a monopoly. So either. that's where I disagree.
1: I I Completely disagree with voting with for your dollar. Like not not that not that it isn't something you should do. You should, but in terms of um, supply demand and how we think society actually works. So the example here is, um, I make furniture out of wood. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're, we're on a table that I refinished. There's two other projects sitting here in my kitchen, um, and actually the table behind you I built. So I oh, build cool. things out of whole wood myself. And prior to a certain moment in time, everything was made out of slabs of wood. And then at some point, a company took sawdust, glued it together, and started making particle board furniture. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody was clamoring for that. Prior to the existence of particle board furniture, there wasn't like, you know what I need? A shittier piece of furniture. Right. No one said that. Furniture used to be a thing that, yes, you had to invest money in, mm-hmm. but it would be passed down to your kids and your grandkids and your grandkids. Like, a table could last hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Once a company figured out a cheaper way to make furniture mm-hmm. and to take a scrap thing... By the way, particle board furniture emits toxins constantly. Oh. there's If it's in your house, your air quality is lower. It, it, it just oozes I no idea. toxicity. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the worst inventions of all time. And it was not needed, and nobody wanted it. Once it existed... Then people said, oh, well, there's a $100 table instead of that $500 table. A $100 table that will last you a year or two. Mm-hmm. In the long run, it's more expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it, the, it was marketed. I'm just saying that the, the, we think our choices are dollar. Our choices are forced upon us from a top-down situation. And then it feels like a choice.
0: That's not, well, but I have so many thoughts. That's people's psychology not realizing that there are better deals out there. And right. it's also like a lot of people are poor. No, no I understand. So I don't think, I think so. Like, yeah. A lot of people aren't in a position to make conscious decisions with their money. Cause conscious decisions usually cost more and I don't care about quality mm-hmm. of things. I care right. about like the quality of people were making those things. Yes. That's where I vote. So,
1: and, and that's also where like the history of like craftsmanship and wood shops mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, I'm picturing like uh a wood shop with 10 employees cranking out a couple of tables a, a, a day and how those tables might cost more, but last for generations versus like a, a wood, fa- like a factory just churning out particle board. Well, we could go and,
0: back that way if we voted with our dollar. Right.
1: But, but I, so the part where I, I sort of diverge is I do think there's a moment in the supply chain where people vote with their dollar, but I do think that the structure of our choices come top down. And it's, like I said, nobody was clamoring for a cheaper table. Nobody wanted particle board. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist. It was then given to us. So it, it's not it, its not like there was this need from the bottom. It was presented from the right. top. I think fast but, food's the same way. Right. But All at, the destructive things are forced upon us. Mm-hmm. But as a we
0: socialist, we need yes. to fight that. Sure. And that's where voting with and, your dollar comes
1: and in. And that's where collective action comes in. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I would... I taught environmental sociology for years and one of the things was as I'm talking to a room full of people that already make the good choices, 2% of the food system is organic. Two. Um, hmm. How, like, think about That's how many crazy. people buy organic. Now, this was four or five years ago. I would venture to say it might be three. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. 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 So there's this thing, it's called, um, so there's there's a couple concepts involved in this and one of them is political anesthesia. So if you have a Brita filter and you protect your water yourself, you are less likely to fight for water rights. You've already protected yourself. Mm -hmm. If you buy organic and you feel like you're this woke person voting with your dollar to change systems, you're actually less likely to join movements to change food systems. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with charter schools. When your kid is pulled out of the public school and placed in that really nice fancy charter school because you won the literally, they call it the lottery, Mm Your kid's safe. You stop fighting for educational reform. So it's one piece of a puzzle. Right. So voting, voting, for, you your think voting for your part. dollar, like I'm going to buy organic so the food system understands. No, what we need to fucking do is make a law that makes factory farming No, illegal. we need both. We need well, both. But we need both.
0: But alone, we but, can't have one without the other, you I You can, think. though, because when you vote with your,
1: as long as you vote for your dollar and also fight for change. Right. So uh, we both. can talk anecdotally how you might do both. But in the world and in the data and when we, when we do all these surveys and there's this famous book, uh, Shop, Shopping Your Way to Safety, Andrew Zaz, mm. it's, it's about probably 15 years old now, but his argument is so solid and he's like over and over and over overwhelming when a white community, like there's like this, like let's say a, a toxic waste facility coming in and it's going to go into a white community. The white community fights, fights, fights and they, they stop it. Well, guess what? It got built somewhere else mm-hmm. and probably in a community of color. So there's this way in which they voted with their dollar or they, they protected their own community. They built a bubble around themselves to protect themselves. And that's what people that buy organic do. You're only protecting yourself. Well,
0: that's a complete half measure. Because I'm not... Because it's like... Or... um, Like slave labor mm-hmm. um, is somewhat sometimes related to organic, but like when yeah, you yeah, buy yeah. shoes, yeah, yeah, you, if everybody bought, like that's, it has to be oh, collective. It, it has not be half the people. <laughs> it, right. And that's
1: where I well, think it can be half. And it the, the political times. anesthesia argument is again, explaining a lot of people in this sector. A lot of people say, I'm not going to buy Nike because of slave labor. They then buy Tom's or wh- you, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then
0: they don't actually sign petitions, vote, fight, I think it's more, I think more people are the other way around. Like I, most, yeah, most people I encounter, I go to DSA meetings. I'm a, what's a DSA? A a Democratic Socialist of America. Um, Fantastic. I'm now a lifetime member. I bought a lifetime (laughs) membership.
1: You had to buy a membership into the socialist party?
0: Yeah, you buy a member. Well, to be like a card carrying (laughs) member. Yeah. yeah. So I bought a lifetime membership. It's
1: not anarchist. It's socialist. Okay. Continue. (laughs) I mean,
0: it's a political (laughs) Yeah. They need money. I get it. I get it. But. I talk to people and I get in the same conversation where they're like, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. And Rosa Parks is a hero in, of mine. Meaning like individual decisions or what doesn't make yeah, a difference? Yeah. What you, okay. He doesn't. Yeah. They don't think a couple of people I've talked to don't think that like buying underwear that's not made by a slave is not important and like mm. doesn't doesn't make a difference. And I couldn't disagree. It's That's a person Who doesn't know their individual power and doesn't understand collective action. And you might as well say that voting is not important. I think purchasing is more important than voting. Because I can purchase things every day. And I have tens of thousands of dollars to spend where I only have one vote.
1: I think it's funny, I I I agree with half of that. I totally agree and think to my so I've been one hundred percent thrift for fifteen years. Oh amazing. Everything well, so other than underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Socks. Correct. And my mattress. Yeah, yeah. All of my clothes, all of my furniture. Um secondhand thrift. Uh I'm having a hard time with cookware. Mm-hmm. Cause finding not scratch cookware is bad. Yeah. And, and like I, I bought a nice chef's knife because mm. I just am tired one. of sharpening right. secondhand knives. So like, but those like ninety-five percent thrift. It's and, very fair trade. And you know. when I do buy um retail, it is consciously. Mm-hmm. I have money to do so. And I do. Mm-hmm. Um So I I understand there's like people that aren't necessarily in that privileged position to do what I do. Uh, Also, thrifting takes time. It takes a lot of time. Like, oh, do you have this in my size? That's not, you have to constantly be out there to be downstream from the destructive. I mean, it's a lifestyle. It is. And one of the more destructive things we very rarely talk about in this country is the waste of the garment industry. Mm -hmm. When you walk into a Walmart and you see those clothes and it's just stacks on stacks on stacks. They sell about twenty percent of that. Yeah, shit. yeah. And then the rest lot. of it just landfill. And it's only to provide us the the false the falsity of choice, the full shelves. It's not efficient. It's not streamed. It, you, you're paying for it in the long run. I mean, I could go off on that, mm-hmm. but I think the voting with your for your dollar, it is very important to me that I don't own something created by a slave. Mm-hmm. Very important to me. I also think in the act of doing so, I make n- absolutely no difference. <laughs> like, absolutely none. Really? And beca- Really? You don't feel none. empowered by that? No, because 2% of the food industry is organic. And we have this narrative that that is changing the world. Factory farming is growing every single year, despite the organic industry. Right. What we need to do, so there's collective action in purchasing. I understand if you could, like, rally enough people, it's a fault. Like, it would need... What we need to do is elect somebody who then makes factory farming illegal. Like, that's the collective action where our energy needs to be.
0: I guess. Um, but I want to talk about Rosa Parks. Yes, go back to that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, she obviously was a person who, who started a, a boycott. Yes. But... Um, She was also, like, a tireless organizer, like, hours of phone banking, like, months of phone banking, get-out-the-vote stuff, Mm -hmm. knocking on doors, convincing poor people one by one to, like, not take the fucking bus. Yes. Um, And it culminated with her sitting in, uh, in the front, and then it started a boycott. And the bus companies desegregated uh, because... Of collective voting with your dollars, and it was not no, the politicians. The politicians were not doing I think anything. Maybe you tease something out here. And like, the same thing happened with the Civil Rights Amendment. Like that happened because of of citizen action and boycotts. And that's how labor unions became a big thing in this country. Like strikes were one end, boycotts were the other. That's mm-hmm. how we got rid of slavery in this country. Was because of that. And we'll get rid of it. But like,
1: I think collective action and social movements are different and outside the economic sphere of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I do. I, I I see where they're akin. I see where there's corollaries between them. And there's also part of that narrative with Rosa Parks. It's like arguing against, oh, racism doesn't exist because look what Oprah did. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's an Oprah. Yeah, there's a Kobe. Yeah, that, that happens. But that doesn't mean there isn't systemic problems facing the black community. Mm-hmm. So while Rosa Parks and successes of social movements and the charismatic leader, I mean, like... I think sociology does a very terrible job with the one-offs, with the exceptions to the rule. The sociologists like myself and others, we do really good with the main like the bulk of what's going on. So again, you can you can have the Rosa Parks, and I think social movements is a study upon itself, as a published scholar in the journal Social Movements Conflict and Change. Oh great. Uh, 2014. Great. Um, nothing to do with any of this but I had to <laughs> flex my uh, credibility. Yeah. Um, no, the, the social movements in itself is it's a very dynamic and weird thing. So where Rosa Parks wasn't voting for her dollars, all of that groundwork, all of that canvassing. By the way, the best thing you could do right now is find a politician and canvass for them. Mm. Turn out the vote. Liberal policies are overwhelmingly more popular wow. than, than conservative policies. Mm-hmm. Whether it's legalizing marijuana, the minimum wage, healthcare, like... 60, 70% of people like uh, de- decriminalizing marijuana, prison industrial complex war. It's not a war of ideas. It's a war of movements. So getting the vote out one by one ground level grassroots matters. Mm-hmm. But Rosa Parks didn't fight like she used the bus boycott as a tool. The end of the day, there was a law that ended desegregation. Yes, there there, there yes. was a law that ended slavery. Mm-hmm. So I think but but it put didn't a lot start with the law. It didn't start. No, it it but, but the law. movement involved, it was multi-prong. You know what I mean? But the end result was, and I think what happens now is when people buy organic, they aren't multi-pronged. They are literally saying, I won't do this. I shop here. And then they do nothing political. And that's where the political anesthesia, when you feel protected, you stop fighting. And we see this, the clearest example is charter schools where if we had no charter schools, we would have to directly confront everybody, Mm -hmm. would have to directly confront the quality of the schools in their community. When you can pull your kid out of that school, the people with the most power, the people with the most money that have now protected themselves stop fighting. Mm-hmm. And what I wanna see is people stop, never stop fighting. So along the way, I'm never gonna buy something created by a slave, mm-hmm. but I'm also gonna do some shit. I'm not gonna let the right. political anesthesia that we do see in the data. So this is surveys, we, we, you know, they go community by community, did your community do this, did your community do that? Okay, once it did, what happened? Drop in political activity. Mm-hmm. So again, I think, I think we're, you're hitting on something. I just don't want to have the vote with your dollar be
0: the be all and end all. Well, I just think that most, everybody buys things. Yes. Not everybody takes political participation. Exactly. So it's like, it's easy. True. This is the easiest thing for people to do. Well, and, and being a champion of like ethical purchasing, um, will make the companies more successful and hopefully expand them to more stores. And the thing is like making ethical decisions easy. Yeah. Because as a socialist, like, I think we would both agree, like, the individual should not be responsible for changing the society's problems. Yeah. That should be, like, exactly. a socially decided and, and consensus-driven, like, yeah. uh, structure.
1: The decision to be good has to be available and easy and yeah. normalized. So we look at that in recycling. The only thing that increases recycling is making it easier. Like, I can try all day. I lived in, when I lived in Delaware, rural Delaware, I had to drive four to five miles to recycle. I'm as, but I'm like, I started doing the calculation: is it worth it? Like, like, is the gas even worth like, but if it was on my curb, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, it's the individual's decision to recycle Mm -hmm. is less powerful than the societal structure around it. That makes recycling easy. We Mm -hmm. look at this with like when, when mayor Bloomberg got caught all that shit for like the, um, the the Coca Cola oh we're gonna ban large cokes. Because sure. I'll just buy two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like now, like Japan. Japan, a large soda is the size of our small, <laughs> and they're not fat because just like in the culture, in the choices that are structured around them, they drink far less sugary drinks. So it's like in this moment, you can feel like I'll just buy two, and it's the same. But now, like over time, when you normalize what is or isn't large, what is or isn't a normal decision, it can really help society do and be better Mm -hmm. I think the funniest thing is at the same time we like most states have banned grain alcohol and no one thinks that like that's weird Mm -hmm. when like I'll just buy vodka and drink twice as much (laughs) like you still ban grain alcohol because it's fucking ridiculous Mm -hmm. it's 195 proof and you can light it on fire Mm -hmm. like it doesn't need to exist and that's sort of like the large coke just buy two smalls like I don't know it's just I feel like if you structure again there's things that are dangerous and like there are there there's individual choice, but we don't bat an eyelash at like seatbelt laws. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're things for the public good. Mm-hmm. And I think in moments of transitioning society away from like the rampant destructive individualism that we have, there's moments like Mayor Bloomberg faced where he's fucking right. Like globally, factually, yeah, but they call them every like a single piece of evidence yeah. says that if you make this one simple change, the entire society would be healthier. Healthcare costs would go down. Mm-hmm. Yes, the person who still wants to drink a shit ton of soda will, but the average person will just get the the new smaller large and eventually be healthier in this unconscious behind the scenes mm. way. They
0: called him a dictator.
1: For- yeah, <laughs> and
0: it's ridiculous.
1: It's like everyone in the world already does this, and mm. it's like, but you were trying to you're trying to change America, the land of the rampant individual, mm. which is bullshit because that's a narrative sold to us to keep us in the pocket of the capitalists. And complacent and happy. So I mean there's a whole like hoodwinking going on there, but like damn he was right. <laughs> but factually and it didn't go so well. It just it just didn't work. And again, he actually went at, like what like he actually deployed what I'm saying is rather than convincing people with an ad campaign to drink less soda, one to one level, you know, start from the ground up, he's like, nah, I'm gonna do the collective action thing and make a law. Maybe too quick, maybe too soon, maybe the wrong time, wrong moment. But that's the that's the sort of thing that works.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where again, if if I mean, I wish I had the more up to date data. I'm going to say organic food maybe is hitting five percent. All this voting with our dollar, all this wokeness, all the things you see, all the influencers on social media. Yeah, but it'll hit a ninety five percent of the country is getting shit when. But what would it's going to take to change well, how the long food has system? It,
0: how long has the organic movement been going on? Like 30 since years, farming existed. Forty. 40- like, since no. 500 years? like No, since we had chemicals introduced and we had to undo that. So just, I would say, like, post-industrial revolution. Like, it's very late sure, on the human okay. timeline. Like, it's only been, like, two generations that we've cared about, that we've understood that organic food is better than I just think this food. is where
1: woke-ass folks like us need to go to the flyover states. Like, I know you live in Colorado, so you're closer to that than I am out here in the, mm-hmm. the liberal east, but, like when you're driving through the middle of nowhere middle of the country and all you see are like your options are like the grocery store, if you can get to it and McDonald's, you know, like you, you end up eating at McDonald's. You know what I mean? The structure of like 95% of the country is an organic food desert. We talk about food deserts all the time in terms of minoritized communities, not having access to supermarkets and that's like super important. Mm. But I think, and that's like, hierarchy of needs, that's the most important thing. Beyond that is, okay, we give them a supermarket, but is it providing the right options? Is it structuring things where they can be more organic in, an, in a cost-effective way, because then costs come in. So again, I, I think there's a collective action argument where the style of farming that we do that's environmentally destructive and unsustainable needs to be revolutionized from the top down. Monsanto needs to be broken up <laughs> destroyed and burnt to the ground for all of their practices mm-hmm. and doing that would shift organic purchasing two three fourfold in a matter of years that all the shopping with your dollar and all the ad campaigns and all the influencers will never get us to
0: never that is true but what are you gonna do not fucking participate. Yeah, no, along the the way, I'm (laughs) so good. I just think like
1: along the way you do what you do to be the best person you can be. But I think, but don't delude yourself into thinking that's the solution.
0: But you're making, but I think you're making my argument for me. You're like, you're saying like not enough people are doing this. Therefore it's not working. It's like, no, I'm like, you need people to do it for it to work. Like, (sighs) (sighs) sure. That's why it's not working because people aren't woke to it.
1: Right. But you're saying you're putting the, the onus on the individual to make the choice. And I'm saying make a law so then they don't even know that there's a choice.
0: Um, that'd be nice. But you know, like, like, like with, with,
1: with guns, we always talk about guns and oh, well, the, if we ban guns, the criminals will have them. Like when was the last time there was a mass shooting with an Uzi? Mm-hmm. Fucking never. Why? Because Uzis are illegal. So actually making certain guns illegal decreases their use out in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's a like, I still have the choice to buy a gun, get a gun, do a mass shooting, shoot up a friend, shoot up a family, whatever. Mm-hmm but I'm not using an Uzi because society did a pretty damn good job of making those really hard to get. Mm -hmm. So again, if we just made bad things harder to get, whether it's large sodas, food from the worst type of farming, um, not gonna get into genetically modified because I'm pretty much a supporter of most of that. I mean, it's a a complex issue, but like the horrible farming practices that produce 90% of the meat, if we fix that practice with a law, everyone downstream from that law will just not even make a choice and live better. Mm -hmm. So I'm more interested in that moment than the top. I'm more interested in the top
0: down than the bottom. So, but if the government's corrupt,
1: then what? You vote for Bernie
0: Sanders. I don't know. Like, like, yeah, Yeah, yeah. like, like, no,
1: I mean, it's like, and and there's others. I mean, he's not like the savior of anything. He's just been uh, pretty damn good for a, a really long time on a lot of issues. Not all of them, but most, um, it's. It's. I have hope with the AOCs and the the other the upcoming generation of actual progressives, as opposed to milk toast, toe the line conservatives in Democratic clothing. Mm-hmm. Like I see uh, a, a transition moment now. Did we have to have Trump to get there? I don't know. Was Trump worth getting there? I don't know. I tried to wrap it. I was teaching college statistics the entire semester of the election, and. At Use the election as a teaching device. Like, whoa, I have this amazing moment of history where I get to teach confidence intervals and margins of error with polling data. Totally telling my students, Trump can win. Three out of 10 happens. Let's flip some coins and figure out how many times three (laughs) out of 10 happens. Then three out of 10 happened. And I'm like, teaching moment. They're like, fuck you. Uh, (laughs) My family is undocumented. Or fuck you, I'm trans and I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. Um, So... (sighs) I tried to like in my own protected white maleness saying maybe this is the reckoning we needed as I experienced none of the hardship.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: You know, so I'm looking for silver linings in that moment. And my students are like, fuck your silver linings. I'm terrified. Mm -hmm. So I tried to recognize that, but also I do think that if Hillary won, we would have had four more years of drone strikes under Obama. I'm not a fan of Obama. Like love the dude clearly better than what we have now. Mm-hmm. Environmental policy, absolute shit. And so the we would have just fracking, delayed the, absolute the reckoning
0: shit. that needs to come. Right.
1: As said by the protected cisgendered white male.
0: Yeah. So. Well, history always sucks, yeah, for the uh, I don't think we have the, the women's
1: movement, as says the white male. I don't think we have the women's movement without Trump. I don't think we have the science march hmm. without Trump. With or without Trump, we fucking needed the science march. Yeah. You know, so, but again, as a protect, I have to keep coming back to checking my privilege mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't. I'm not in the crosshairs.
0: Well, this is why I wouldn't uh, murder Hitler if I could go back in time. Cause Stalin was worse.
1: Yeah. Well, that literally, kind of, literally yeah. the plot line of oh, what was that? New? Command and Conquer two. I don't remember. <laughs> Command and Conquer the... two plot was you the Allies went back and killed Hitler. And then all of a sudden, it was like literally the never ending world war of the Red Scourge versus the West. Interesting. And that's like, this was the first game that like I would have to like carry my gigantic tower computer to my friend's house to connect oh, wow. the landline together. Wow. This is like World of War, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft 1 before StarCraft. We're mm-hmm. getting, we're going down the nerd realm here. But like we would, so that was the plot. And it was like, it was way worse. But like, fuck, really? Did I just say that? Like, like, as he like murdered all the Jews. No, and I'm gypsies totally down
0: and... for not murdering Hitler. Yeah, I always, uh, I never really? played that game. Well, I always thought like. It's a we, fun the thought lessons, experiment. I don't want to say it as a fact
1: though. <laughs> I
0: think like the lessons we learned from Hitler would not have been learned. Right. And we would have ended up with like another Hitler with nukes. Well, I think. Like, we I, think just... I
1: think even Germany. I think we're just putting way too much like Goebbels exist. Like he, it's like. Without, like, is Trump the problem or is the Republican Party the problem? Like is the Trump. Tea Party that spawned Trump? Like, I do think Trump is this special fuck, but also it's beyond the individual. Same with, like, Nazi Germany happens without Hitler. So I think it's like, would I go back in time and eradicate Nazism? Yes. Because so <laughs> like, I have to murder, I, like,
0: 40 people, maybe? No, like, least? four
1: million Nazis. I'd kill <laughs> them all rather than all the innocent Jews. Absolutely. <laughs> this is like um, minority
0: report shit. Is it? Yeah, like preemptively murdering the Nazis before they murder the Jews. Shit. When it's like, now you're just causing another genocide.
1: <laughs> Did I? Yeah, I guess so. I don't this know. This is why
0: I'm Buddhist. You just kind of Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Step back maybe maybe let's <laughs> like, not do anything. This is the problem
1: with time travel. It doesn't exist, and we don't have to go down this route. Thank we God. don't have to go there Thank at God. all no. to, to play this game. <laughs> it's because it gets, it's it just, it's complex. Yeah, totally. Um, I just don't see, I see like a lot of this effort Um, so I follow one of my favorite activists, Sean King, um, I won't get into all of his pluses and minuses just as a dude that has a gigantic platform to get celebrities to, and others and people to motivate and to, to rally. He does talk about Trump a lot. He's a big Bernie supporter. Fine. But what he does more than anyone is advocate and rally people to vote for the DA in their district. District oh, attorney races get, like, 20,000 people voting. You can, I, like, a couple people mm-hmm. could rally. And so in Philadelphia, they, like, fuck what the laws are. In okay. Philadelphia, they just voted in a super progressive DA, so district attorney for the area, who said, like, I am not going to prosecute anyone for weed. I
0: heard about Doesn't that
1: matter same. what the law says. On the ground, this person's at that moment to end mass incarceration in Philadelphia by himself. That election to me is as important as a senator. A yeah, president's probably more important because we see what the power there is, but we ignore so much of this local and I think Sean King is really good at getting us to think about the DA in San Francisco, the local commissioner's office, the state senator. Like Virginia just turned blue at the state level. That's gonna be big for this state in terms of people living in this state. Yeah,
0: ratified the ERA. Did they? I mean, I haven't, yeah. made, I just know they won. And yeah, uh, Virginia yeah. ratified the Equal Rights Amendment.
1: And that wouldn't have happened, and that has nothing to do with Trump. Like, so all of this energy at this again, top down, I'm more bottom up, and I'm thinking about the mobilization efforts that can and do exist and how a couple people in a social movements room, like a Rosa Parks, man. I don't want to call Sean King Rosa Parks but he's doing that work at the ground level to change these cases. Like, I'm extremely excited to see what happens in Philly. That impacts a million people and yeah. tons of incarcerated people right now. Whether or not Trump wins re-election, that that is happening in Philly. And there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of cases like that, that we just don't hear about aren't motivated, aren't mobilized, aren't recognized, and we could just do so much better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but having this asshole in the White House, hopefully, has it's inspired me. Yeah. I was never a member. So I do I just wonder. Gave hundreds of dollars. Sean King
1: came up in the BLM movement, pre-Trump. All of a lot of that predates Trump. Uh, the murders of Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, etc. Like all, all, of this has been. I mean, let alone two hundred years of segregation and slavery. I mean, going back and so I mean, these movements have existed with and without Trump. I do think. Yeah. There was a lot more energy because of him, but again, if Hillary wins, we have these problems. If if a different Republican wins, if Pence won, God, like, like it's it's I, too much energy is focused on removing this one man and not systemic change.
0: Yeah, at least Trump is like in decline. Like if Isn't, he was sharp, yeah. Like if he was on, I've watched interviews of him from the '80s and early '90s, and like he was like smart. Like oh, you mean teniring, cognitively? Yes, in decline.
1: Oh, not like his popularity. Them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So at least he's like half of what he used to be or else he'd really half, get you. Done. He was
1: half of what he, he was a quarter of what he used to be, which wasn't a high bar the day he won
0: mm-hmm. still happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh well, I'm, I'm very excited about Bernie. I've heard him on interviews, talk about the executive orders that he would enact. Yeah. He would essentially, well, in one, I don't know if he'd go through with this, but he said he would um, through executive order, take over Pacific gas and electric. Yeah. The utility. Well, and his sure. green new deal is to, um, uh, take over all utilities, but he would do this one through executive order, and um, because
1: utilities are utilities, it's a public service. Yeah, 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 um, mind-boggling.
0: And they're already regulated like so heavily. You might as mm-hmm. well just take them over.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that there's there's going to be a lot of movement going forward about phone service as a utility. Yes, you had to always pay for long distance and yes, you had to pay for your phone and there were some charges, but for in general, if you own property or if you live in a house and rent, it was guaranteed by, by society be connected to water, to be connected to phone, to be connected to electric as a utility. I don't understand how internet isn't the same way yet. Yeah. So it's a utility. It is necessary for functioning it is same with cell phone service nowadays with, I mean, cell phone service is replacing landlines. So if you are trying to get a first job and you're struggling with homelessness or stability, you don't have a phone number for that job to call you back. You're dead in the water mm-hmm. to get that job. So there's just ways in which society has not kept up with the commitment to utilities that it used to exist. So I think the funniest thing, Trump says make America great again. Bernie's policies are, our shit we did in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, more yeah. than anything. The the tax code he's saying is not even as bad on the rich as what we already had in America in 1950. Wow. Like, he's, he's bringing us back not to the socially horrible place we were in the 50s, but the socialist, democratic socialism we had in the 50s, which we were mm-hmm. more so a, a robust, robust safety net system, a robust commitment to protecting society, whether it's utilities or laws, he's the one that's saying actually make America great again, basically going back to some policies that everyone else in the world already has (laughs) and that we already had in 1950 and then taking them and then modernizing and taking them a step further. Um, Trump wants to have the worst and never before seen policies economically while bringing us back to the racism and the sexism yeah. of the fifties, it's it's literally the reverse. the reverse. Like Bernie's, like let's go back to those economic policies that were the strongest for our country back then: taxing the rich heavily, none of this trickle-down bullshit, providing a safety net. Um, I often think about like if there was if there was the Grand Canyon and there was like a rope to climb across it, right? How many people go? How many people make that? make that journey. Mm-hmm. So like, like you have to train for a lifetime because if you fall, you die. Mm-hmm. So very few entrepreneurs, very few go-getters make that journey. If you put a safety net under it, a lot more people try, which means yeah. a lot more people succeed. Yeah, yeah. Having safety nets provide more freedom to choose to take that journey. Mm-hmm. It is the most American thing you can do is to enhance opportunity through a safety net Without the safety net, it's do or die, and only the best will go across, and no one will fucking try, because no one will be... T- you know, if you if you go out there, entrepreneurism would skyrocket with Bernie's policies, because I could shoot yeah. for the moon, fail, and not die. So more people will shoot for the moon, and more people will land. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best thing for society. That's what we had in the 50s. People built this country based on socialist policies. People built this country the GEs, these companies exist not from this Ayn Rand corporatism. Those companies came up because of socialist policies I that am. we had. And we haven't had those for a while, and what you see is this coalescing of wealth at the top rather than spread out. And Bernie wants to make America great again with the policies of the 50s mm-hmm. that already worked mm-hmm. just without the sexism and the racism. I hope. I mean, I mean, he's he's as woke as you're gonna get in the political scene. He's pretty damn good on it he could do better. Everyone can do better, but uh, it's just, it's so diametrically opposite. It's, it's, it's really mind boggling. Yeah, it really is.
0: I was listening to AOC speak on behalf of Bernie in Iowa. Mm. Yeah. I was just listening to it while driving and um, she's, she, it wasn't her best speech. Cause usually she's a lot better and she's great in committees. Sure. Um, yeah, no, she's, but she was talking about how like Bernie, like she was like my de- my mother was a domestic worker. Yeah. And Bernie's dad was uh, sold paint and yeah. um, she was like, these are like working class people. Yeah. And, and she was like the people that work in these campaigns, are like she was like deep roots in the working class. She was like so deep. And she was like, no other campaign is like this. No. We're like organizers and like everybody is like working class. And I thought it was, then I started thinking about AOC being in Congress as a, like a bartender. And I was thinking about how, Republicans and Fox News they they make fun of liberals for AOC being our champion, yeah. Because they're like, look at this idiot. She's like a dumb waitress who's young what? and uneducated, yeah. and like, what does she know? And I just love. She's a
1: degree in economics, by the way. She's. So I mean, she's not like an idiot, and she and does. even if she did, with or without the degree, she's okay. Right. But yeah, yeah. But it's it's mind boggling that argument that they make.
0: Yeah, that's well, they look at us like what fools. That, because like, this is your they champion. Also, so slam. Much
1: being the liberal elite from the ivory tower. Yes. They love, they so can get it, now well, we're actually, here's someone like from the, here's someone from the bottom coming up, and which is like the them. narrative. You sell middle America. Like, yes. Oh, we're fighting for the farmer. Nah, fuck no, you're not. And now we have like the, someone from what would be their Trouble. wheelhouse True. and they're slamming her for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't your party made up a bartender? Well, they're great, and, and it, they're, so they're great at marketing. They're so great at marketing, but
1: they're so great at spinning the lie of the moment. As truth. Mm -hmm. They're so great at hoodwinking, like, just don't think too hard.
0: Yeah. Well, Well, they paint her as like a wide eyed optimist who doesn't really know how things work. (sighs) And I was thinking, like, that's so cool. It'd be be so cool if Congress had tons of working class people as members. And then I was thinking like Oh and it would also be cool if those some of those people also had law degrees. So like the Republicans could stop shutting up about how like poor people don't know better. And I'm like, oh, that'd be a great utopia. I remember
1: (laughs) I had a slide in one of my sociology classes where I had uh, the demographics of the country, like how many people are lawyers, like 1%, 2%. How many people are teachers, like 15%, 18%. I can't even remember any of the numbers. But it was like, here's the demographics of the country and here's the demographics of Senate. And it's like 56% lawyers in the Senate. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like they're overrepresented. (laughs) Like the voice of a lawyer in our legal system is 10,000 fold what it should be. Like, I I don't even, I can't even do that math off the top of my head, but it's like way overrepresented. Why aren't 18% of our senators teachers, as is the country? Why isn't, why do we not see even scientists? There's like, I think only one at the time I'd have to go back and look, one or two actual studied science Mm -hmm. on the Senate floor when way more people in the society do. So, I'm not saying the society needs to have like 5% of the senators being garbage men. I'm not saying that, Mm -hmm. but something where, the reflectiveness needs to, to line up. There's some certain level of education that I think it would be nice to have represented. It should be the best of us. Um, to have the To say, like, the president should be smarter than me, I thought was non-controversial. Like, I, don't, I didn't agree with Obama, but I think he's brilliant. Uh, Bush, maybe not so much. But going back, there's been brilliant Republicans. Mm-hmm. It, it, it crosses all types. I, I, I think our representatives should be speaking for us from a place of authority power and knowledge mm-hmm. so but at the same time does it really need to be 60% lawyers there's not another field that Seems can a inform little high, yeah. like like a lot yeah. high
0: <laughs> and, and there's and having diversity in a room not just diversity of genders or, or races or, or all ages. of that too yes right but, but also like, like ideas like, and experiences yeah. and like yeah. ha- like having an immigrant in like Ilhan Omar or whatever. And like having veterans and having like-
1: Yes, very much so. If there's veterans in the Senate, in the House, we don't go to war. We might fund the military well, but I don't think, I think the people that actually fought, not not generals, Mm -hmm. not fucking fake ass Pete Buttigieg who went to Oxford and then joined the military only to say he joined the military (laughs) to put it on a campaign. I'm standing by that. Like, he is not the come up I needed to go to the military right. because a predatory recruiter came to my high school and I had no other options. Like, mm-hmm. he is not reflective of the average soldier. True. Um, I think it was a political calculation. I also moderately like a couple of the things he does. Mm-hmm. I despise whatever the hell went into all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, That's like saying, like, uh, Prince Henry was in the military. Yeah, he was. As a rich white dude behind, like, like yeah. it's not even the same planet as the soldier, but having actual soldiers that came up that experienced the front lines, put them in the Senate and have them vote whether we should or shouldn't go to war. Mm-hmm. If they ever vote that we should, it's probably the right war. Yeah. And I'm saying that as someone who like very probably would, uh, Darfur, you know, was the place we should have been like that was egregious and needed mm-hmm. world attention. You know, that, that mm-hmm. sort of level. Um, yeah. I don't know if soldiers send us all the things we've done over the last 15, 20 years, actual soldiers.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. It yeah. would be,
1: it would be nice. Um, I think the I'm 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 inspired by the AOCs. I'm dismayed by how anti-Bernie people be like. Well, he's rich. He's rich now. Like, dude came up, became a senator, has been a senator for a while, making a good salary, mm-hmm. and then like he got to like write a book or two and go on some speaking. Yeah, of course he's got money. Well, now.
0: they say, oh, he's a career politician who's a millionaire. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and
1: it, sure, and that's what happens when you're a senator for thirty years making six figures like he he came up and got it but like that's different than saying he's rich like trump is rich mm-hmm. or he's rich like bloomberg is rich or he's mm-hmm. rich like this massive wealth wealth over wealth wealth compounding wealth type of rich making money off your money like mm-hmm. everything bernie's made okay he works and gets a high salary i think there's i think there's a huge difference between a doctor pulling in 250k 280k 300k for the skill of his craft, the knowledge he gained to do it. Mm-hmm. And someone who owns a building and collects rent. Like rent is in the Bible as right. a sin. Yeah, yeah, Like loans, making interest off a loan is in the Bible as a sin.
0: That's why Jesus got crucified. That was the last step, throwing out the money counters. Yeah. The money counter. Yeah. That was why he got crucified. That was like the last. Trip.
1: Yeah. If we're going to get biblical on it, yeah. Trump, the rape, the adultery, the idolization, the false God, the usury. Like it's, it's all of them. But like they, they, the Bible knew that like I give you money, you spend money and then I get more money back was a sin. Mm-hmm. I don't know when yeah. we cherry picked gay as the one sin that matters and not that, but society went down that road. Mm-hmm. So I, I do look at at Bernie as someone who made his money through work, not necessarily through the compounding right. way that capitalism. Um,
0: well, right, but just also coalesces well. One one health health problem, and that money goes away. Like you yeah. know, a yeah. lot of I was arguing with one dude who said like, "Oh, Bernie's a millionaire who who's a career politician. Like, look at all that money he has." But this guy was had just told me about how he had lost like two hundred thousand dollars in medical bills. And so, like, this person had firsthand knowledge of how you go bankrupt yeah. by medical bills. And then he's saying, like, this guy has a million dollars. Like, that can go away it in this
1: country. It's my, and Bernie says it, not always the most articulately, but he do, I mean, he kind of does. Like, it should be unthinkable that a health, any, at any point, something in your health can make you poor for life and your kids. And the debt gets passed on. Like, any wow. healthcare yeah. solution whether it's single payer or not, that allows for anybody in this country to go poor based on a health crisis is wrong. Like morally, ethically, religiously, factually, environmentally, uh, even monetarily. Like if we, if we protected those people, they can then be better contributors to society. Like there's, there's an investment in humans that happen when they're protected. So Bernie's the only plan that I've seen. Maybe Warren's though I don't know if I trust her with her lobbyists, definitely not the milk toast defenders of the status quo, Biden, Buttigieg, Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. But when anyone argues against Medicare for all, and I say, will anyone in your system go broke from getting sick? And they say yes. I'm like, you are a horrible fucking human to allow that. You're a horrible fucking human. Mm-hmm. Fact, end of story. If your system allows anybody to go poor, Because they broke a leg, got pregnant, Mm -hmm. got an incurable disease, or even gave themselves lung cancer through cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Even if personal... If your system allows that person to go broke and destitute and pass Mm -hmm. debt to their children, you are a fucked up, horrible person. And Bernie is the only one system that prevents that. Now, arguments of how we're going to pay for it, buy less missiles. I mean, it's so simple. But like, even if you want to say, okay, there's some like finessing we might need to do to his plan Mm -hmm. you cannot on any ground argue against it morally ethically and i would argue monetarily though i think there's people like oh it's expensive well it's not like our current we already pay five trillion dollars into our health insurance system that still allows people that still allows people to go broke i have a great job i make six figures i do well I have great insurance. And when I go to the doctor, I still have to pay like hundreds out of pocket before that shit kicks in. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I had those hundreds of dollars, but it's mind boggling to me that that is still like a concern to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm as made it as someone can make it mm-hmm. as far as I know, yeah. you know? And it's just, I can't understand how anyone can win on a platform that doesn't protect all people. That just and working people, there's like, oh, the people that leech off society. First of all, that argument's bullshit. On so many levels I won't get into. But people that work get sick and lose everything
0: mm-hmm.
1: in America. Mm-hmm. How, how are we even debating this? Like, how is this even in a discussion?
0: Well, because people who have enough are afraid of losing it. So they like, status quo. It. Like, let's it's keep this, the status
1: quo. People in power... It's relative deprivation. Back to what we really, really background. Like they, but they don't. You would still be protected. I just don't even get. I understand that Bernie.
0: Like they hear socialism. Like we're gonna hear if Bernie wins the nomination, we're gonna hear for eight months. Like is this country gonna elect a socialist? We've
1: (laughs) we've been a socialist country. We've been like a moderate to, like. The things that made America great in the 50 were socialist leaving part. Like I'm aware, but for, a, for
0: it's, it's gonna be a scare. It's for just many such a good word that
1: people don't even know what it fucking means. People don't know what it means. They don't know what it actually is. They don't know that the things they like are in part socialist. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what the word means, but they throw it around like a weapon. Yeah, and that's that's strategic. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 all PR. I think. Uh, the Republicans for 35 years, 45 years, 55 years have won the marketing battle hand over fist, calling it a right to life game set fucking match. Mm-hmm. Like just in the semantics of it, mm-hmm. you know, the death tax mm-hmm. semantically victorious. Like they have won death
0: panels, the, death
1: panels. Like they are masterful at that.
0: Shit. Even climate change versus global warming. Yes.
1: I, th- I do think global warming, even though it is a factually true statement, the globe is warming. I think was like maybe the wrong term mm-hmm. because, Oh, what about winter? It like, like it's just made like fuckery. Is what yeah. Called, yeah. Uh, uh, climate change is so much better. Um, but in the switch to that, I mean, you still hear fucking Trump like, well, it was cold today. Where's that climate change? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just opens the door. Like there's just been a failure. Again, when you ask someone and, and you see this in referendums. So all the states that have had referendums lately, liberal policies win nine out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. States legalize weed. States raise the minimum wage. Overwhelmingly.
0: Cities so. decriminalize mushrooms. Yes,
1: Denver. Let's talk about that. And a third <laughs> a third place just did. Uh, Santa Cruz or Santa Monica. One of the Santas. Oh, funny. One of the Santas in California just uh, legalized mushrooms or decriminalized mushrooms. Mm. But every referendum, liberal policy wins. Every poll, liberal policies win. But because of gerrymandering, because of semantics, because of PR, because of the way things are, we aren't overwhelmingly run by those the people that support those policies, mainly because we've had Democrats like Obama who don't actually support those policies mm-hmm. and specifically Joe Biden, the lying racist Joe Biden. Ooh. Like, yeah. did you, have you not seen him on the campaign trail lately? His big, so 30 years ago, he said that he was doing sit-ins marching on the front lines, not a main organizer, but like he went on marches. Okay. Um, he said this over and over and then he wrote a biography Okay. Where his entire experience in the civil rights movement was two lines where he said he worked at a black pool in Wilmington, Delaware, and he saw people doing it. So he had a moment in his book. If you marched, if you did sit ins, if you were in 1960, sitting in, oh my God, as a white man in black Wilmington, Mm -hmm. you would talk about it. He didn't.
0: I would, I would hear about seeing things. I would want to know about the
1: stuff he saw. So the reason he didn't write about it in his book is because it didn't happen. And when you publish a book, there's fact checkers. And when you publish a book, there's a publisher. And the publisher knows their entire good name is if the things in this book are true. Okay. Biden couldn't say those things. He is then on the record apologized for lying about certain things like this twice. He is on the campaign trail this week saying how he marched, Uh. saying how he sat in debunked lies that are not even in his own. F- his biography is 400 pages. He said he cond- He was in sit-ins in the 1960s in Delaware before the first documented sit-in happened in Delaware.
0: And his main demographic right now is black people.
1: He, well, he's, he's because of Obama on the coattails of the less paying attention person just sees Papa... Papa Biden. I mean, I lived in Delaware during the election. Oh, right. Delaware loves Biden. Yes. And when you don't examine him and when he was the VP and when Obama was hope and change, mm-hmm. some people are like, why, did, wh- why is this all coming out now? Why weren't you posting about this in 2010? I'm like, posting where? On fucking MySpace? Do you not remember what 2010 was? There was no place to post about yeah. this. There was no podcasting. <laughs> like, people are like, oh, why is this all coming out now? You're just making this shit up. No, we didn't have... This democratic uh, internet space yeah, yeah. to call someone out for their bullshit. In 2010, I couldn't research Biden. <laughs> you would in have t- had to do hundreds of hours of research. i put it on my Friendster account? Like, when would right. I have talked about Biden in 2010? So the fact that it's coming out now is because it's all true. The fact that it's coming out now is because we have the internet is robust. The fact-checking is robust. And
0: we're better than we were at 10 and years we're ago. And like, we're better. more progressive.
1: And people are blaming activists for calling Biden out. Like, oh, you're dividing the party. No, Biden fucking lying is dividing yeah, the
0: party.
1: He's divided the party that's by lying. terrible for when he gets into And calling him out isn't election. me dividing the party. He lied about he's it's stolen valor. I don't want to I do not want to step Ooh. on the toes of soldiers because I do think that is a term that should really only be used for soldiers. Sure. But I do think about 1960s black people marching. Facing just as much violence as a soldier.
0: Yeah, they would have. Or
1: again, uh, maybe akin to, maybe not bullets from Al Qaeda, but also uh, hoses, hoses from and, and lynchings and real threats of death. Yeah. If you're gonna say you marched with those people in 1960 and didn't, you're stealing the valor. That's like of those the who
0: civilian did. version of the stolen valor. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's a. Uh, I just I wish there was a better term because I don't want to like at all. Like equate the two, but also they're kind of in the same vein. Yeah, it's like, and lesser, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, there is documented pictures of Bernie being dragged off the marches. He was in. Mm-hmm. He actually was there. Wow. And this dude lies about it, and I'm I'm dividing the party because I bring it up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's should lying. Step, he should step down.
1: He's it, it's 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 egregious. I understand. Like I don't. Like he's lied for years. The Biden's history of plagiarism is well documented. Straight up lifting entire speeches and then say, "Oh, I should have. Oh, yeah. I should have. I should have said something about it." No, no, man. Like you are a liar. You've been a liar. Mm-hmm. You supported segregation. You were anti-busing. Right. You that. were. Pro- you single-handedly destroyed welfare. You increased mass incarceration through the 1996 um, crime bill. Your your record on race is horrible.
0: So it sounds like it, the establishment would get be a work against him and against the Democrats in the general. Like he's kind of like Hillary.
1: No, and the, but the establishment's love him. The, the establishment Democrats are conservatives. Yeah, like they are pro war to the line military industrial complex complex uh, prison industrial complex. Um,
0: War mongers. I call them Pittsburgh Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like Connor Lamb. Yeah, classic. Like he's a Marine. Yeah. He's pro. He's like yeah, kind of on the fence with abortion. I think, but he's ultimately yeah, he pro doesn't life. Like talk about it too he's much. He's pro life, but yeah, yeah. Let's not. Or he's pro-choice, pro
1: choice. Pro choice, but like, it. but let's like limit access. Yeah, like he's you have the choice at the end of the day. But I'm not about to be pro abortion.
0: He'd probably throw the. Uh, it's settled statute or whatever it's settled law. Yeah, like whatever. like
1: he would still support something where like if you're eighteen and live with your parents, you need their permission. Like he'd be totally down with that. Which it's is fine. fucking bullshit. Level or even sixteen or fourteen or twelve. He still thinks that women need the permission of men to do things it's with their bodies. Pittsburgh body. Democrat. It's a Pittsburgh Democrat.
0: So shit that, all That's Biden. That and Biden's very popular in Pennsylvania. He would be. But I
1: think when people learn Bernie's message and they get over the fear of socialism and they just break it down to this dude fights for humans. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't agree with everything you said, just human to human, he's a better person than mine. Mm-hmm. Human to human, he's like, I don't want to like deify him, but like compare him to Trump. Like, like it's just like- He's he, one of our best people. I know some, cons- and I know that there's this fear of electability, which is a concocted fucking lie. Mm-hmm. I know some liberal, conservative, milk toast in the middle people. that are like, yeah, I'm
0: kind of scared of maybe what Bernie would do
1: because they don't know shit. Mm-hmm. But like, they like the dude.
0: Yes, nobody has a like, bad thing. To they say like about the him. dude well, except Hillary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, fuck her, go away. Like, I'm all. She f- shit and I, on I him. I do wish the society is ready for a woman. We need a woman. Yeah. Cancel all men. We've we've had our run. We fucked it up. But like, I wish we were at the point where a Kamala Harris wasn't a class and race traitor. Wasn't a cop. Yeah, it wasn't a cop. Her. Um and a traitor to everything. I wish that uh, Elizabeth Warren wasn't a Republican until 2002. Like, you know, I just wish we were at the moment to elect the right woman. Mm-hmm. And maybe Elizabeth Warren is that woman because I do think you can evolve. Why wouldn't Elizabeth Warren want to be Bernie's VP? Bernie's can't be a, a president for eight years. He's that too old. That would
0: be great. A one-term Bernie presidency going pass to- Pass the torch. Pass the torch. A
1: 12-year progressive- Cause it's
0: almost impossible to have t- uh, uh, two consecutive terms of Bernie
1: cuz he's cuz he's old. Well, I was going to say I was,
0: was going to say like more like it's hard to get 3 terms of a single party. Yeah. Um but you well, like a Bernie Warren.
1: But like Warren's going to point out that maybe Bernie Bernie probably said something in that room like listen like climate of the country, the racism, like it's going to be tough for a woman right now. Like and she turned that to like Bernie said never. a woman can never be president. No, dude's been saying since like 1970. Mm-hmm. That like a woman can and should be president. Mm-hmm. Like he's like so fucking clear on that. God, she shot herself in the foot, and she shot my dream ticket in the foot. Not that I even no, love I think Warren. they could
0: still do it. I think they could still do that ticket.
1: I would love it. I just 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 because she's got power, she's got momentum. She's not my favorite person at all. I'm just thinking in terms of like winability, and and like that's my strategy. Like ideally, I would get like a full blown socialist oh with Bernie, but picture, what are you gonna
0: do? Picture Warren. VP debate with Pence. That'd be great. I mean, yeah, that's
1: what that. I'm saying. Like the optics alone. And then there's the identity politics of her being a woman.
0: So who would you want if you were Ber- like for Bernie's VP?
1: If it wasn't Warren. Yeah. Which I do only support by the optics and the, the strategy yep. of it. And she says mm-hmm. some of the right things. I just don't know if I trust her because again. But like who runs the, the
0: FCC is more important than the vice president. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, but no, all the down want, the ticket then? stuff is more.
1: I don't have someone to be honest. I would just love if it wasn't an old white man. Like, just, like, identity politics alone or just for diversity mm-hmm. of opinion. Or Ayanna
0: Pressley would be nice, but she, she, she endorsed Elizabeth Warren.
1: Yeah. Um, Stacey Abrams I liked a lot Ooh, for a while. Yes.
0: Um, I think she's dope. I love Stacey
1: um, Abrams. I don't know enough about her on uh, – she was only a blip on the radar, so I don't really know right. deep into her politics. She's kind of moderate. I, yeah, she is. That's okay. Um, But, like, again, there's there's bigger fish to fry she's with that. Um, like I don't think you could put like anyone from like the green party with Bernie. Like you mm. need, I don't know. I'm not a political strategist. Like I might, I'm going against my own ideals and saying
0: mm-hmm. that, but yeah, I think this squad, all members of the squad are too inexperienced. So they yeah, would get no, I agree. like AOC would be like, who is this?
1: No, no, no. Justin? We actually need them in the Senate. This is where like That's I, true. I was, I don't really, who was the skateboarding dude from Texas? O'Rourke <laughs> fucking Beto O'Rourke. Dude, why did you shoot your shot? The presidency? Be a Texas senator. Be yes. a state representative. These things matter. Why do we have 25 people yeah, fighting for president? Kornin, yeah.
0: Klobuchar, do shit in Minnesota. Like, that's important. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's shooting their shot. And also, the money being spent. Uh, Bloomberg put in... Now, it's nice well, that's that That's his own in, money, so he, I don't care what he does. Right. And he but is like stimulating when, the economy. But if if Tom Steyer, who loves the environment, if he just took that...
1: And, he, in, and like, just put give it into Australia. Environment.
0: Yeah, give it to Australia or like
1: or did some local stuff in Washington, which is already an environmental bubble. But I mean, yeah, just like the the fight for the top is, again, in this winner takes all society that we have where it's all about the president. It's all about there's so much more important things to do.
0: Yeah. Michael Bennett is still running. My senator in Colorado somehow has not. I'm pretty sure I thought he
1: dropped out. uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I hope I know he didn't make the debate. So like he's an afterthought.
0: I hope so, because he's not up this year in the Senate, but we got to get out Cory Booker. So mm. get that son of a bitch out of here. Out of there.
1: I won't speak on that. I'm from Jersey. So, <laughs> and like family's from Newark. So there's things he did that I'm just going to be, I'm going to leave Booker aside. I like Booker.
0: I like Booker too. He's like well in the pocket of pharmaceutical companies, yep. but yeah, like which is Jersey. Like that's all Jersey, the, phar- yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that.
1: I, I just, there's parts about him. I like, but I'm getting hungry, dude.
0: Yeah, should, me too. Let's, let's get some, we should lunch. get some,
1: can this this podcast is sponsored by Kava where we're going to get it's not sponsored by Kava I just really want to get some <laughs> I just want to really get some Kava
0: uh, yeah Kava sounds good so let's uh, let's uh, say, say goodbye for this episode and let's do this again goodbye to more. this episode oh I see what you did there <laughs> I did. well this has been the Unnecessary Don't Podcast attention thank attention you for listening everybody to anyone, thank you to John the guest And uh, we'll see you all soon.